Absolutely. And, and guys, like sometimes even more so because we don't, we don't, we're told that at a certain age, we're not supposed to want that. And if we want it, we're supposed to hide it. Right. Yeah. And so the only way that the only way that people think men want to be loved is through physical, you know, sex. And it's like, no, no, no. Men love to be loved by words. Men love to be loved by touching, by like hugging, by kissing, by holding, by snuggling. Like guys love that stuff. So to think that men aren't sitting there and want to have those connections with their, their significant other, like you, we're not playing the game to help, you know, really support men along the way. So just remember, yeah, men want those things. So if you show up and give those to them, they will follow. Welcome to the Magic Within Podcast. My name's Katrina Lully, and I'm a transformation coach obsessed with guiding women to unlock their power within so they live an aligned life of passion, purpose, and abundance. I've been where you're at, doing all the things and feeling like nothing is working. And I'm here to help you learn how to live that aligned life of passion, purpose, and abundance. I've spent years investing in programs, coaches, books, and other tools in covering my own blocks, challenging my beliefs, growing and stretching myself to live my most authentic life that is true to who I am. There is incredible power in our experiences, and by sharing our stories with one another, we help each other along this journey called life. This is a space where you will hear inspiring and motivating stories from other guests and tools to help you get from where you are now to who you want to be in this life. You get two doses of magic each week to fill up your cup and start living a life that is aligned with your highest self. We are not meant to do this life alone and we all have the magic within us to live this beautiful life that's true to who we are. I'm here to help you begin to unlock that power and start stepping in to the amazing woman that you are. Let's do this. soul sister so excited to be back for another episode i am here with johnny elsasser a former special operations u.s army ranger with four combat tours between iraq and afghanistan and another five years protecting the u.s ambassador to iraq and baghdad johnny has seen the field of masculinity through extreme alpha perspectives and knows the trials and tribulations all men to include the toughest men deal with in society today Johnny's mission is to help men find strength in developing their authentic masculinity to be consistent with who they are and not what society expects them to be. Johnny has shifted his fight to advocating and supporting men in finding their own masculine blueprint and cultivating their purpose as positive men in this world today. Oh my gosh. I I just love, love what you do, Johnny. So thank you so much for being here. Oh, absolutely. Thank you for having me on. This is always fun to jam out with, uh, you know, former mastermind friends as well. So I love this. Yeah, totally. It is. And I I just love, I keep saying this because so many of my guests I meet through masterminds, through that whole network. And I have found the most like genuine, authentic people who are real about doing this work and sharing, sharing the message that you're sharing. Mm, Yeah, it's really nice because the masterminds like 
people don't sometimes understand how important it is when you're looking for like-minded individuals to make sure that you put your place yourself in a place with those like-minded individuals and we're all in masterminds and so when you start finding the right ones that fit you you get to make great connections and then you also get to expand your business but you also get to challenge yourself too and see other people doing great things yeah absolutely it's it's vital it's one of the things i talk to on the podcast here and clients, like put yourself in the spaces of people who are living and being the kind of people you want to be. And, um, I know it can be tough, especially like, that's why the online space is so beautiful because we can reach those people. Cause they're not always necessarily right here in our hometown or our network or that space. So it's awesome that they, those, the online space has created that for us. Absolutely. Yeah, totally. Okay. I have a fun question for you. And I ask all my guests this, and I just always like to find out and hear what their answer is. When you were a little boy, what did you want to be when you grew up? Oh, 100% a professional soccer player. That was like my goal. That's awesome. Yeah. What what yeah. happened along the way? Um, I mean, I actually was really, really good in soccer. I played for about 20 years. I uh, could could have and should have went to college in soccer, but I ended up not doing any of my SATs or ACTs. So the NCAA doesn't really scout you too much if you're not, um, if you don't have like your test scores. And then I also ended up because I didn't make any plans for college. Um, I basically stepped foot in the army recruiting station at 17, instead of going to college where I could have then potentially like walked on and played there. But um, I was playing on the best team, the number one ranked team in California, my high school, uh, my senior year of high school, we were like 48 and 0. So we were a very, very good soccer team. And, you know, like some of the best players on there, I knew a lot of guys that went to D1 colleges and played soccer, a couple of them went professional, but yeah, you know, I didn't really make a plan. And, uh, and then I ended up in the army. And then from there, it's all kind of history. So Awesome. I love that. It's interesting. I, I just like asking that question because it's always, it's cool to see like when you were a little kid and you were in that childlike state, and, like everything is available to you, right? When we're dreams are real and all of the things that our mind is so expanded of what we can do. And so I like to see, well, did you end up where you, where you thought you might, or like, does it correlate in some way? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's such a good question. Because when I think back to it, no, like, obviously, there was no correlation between the two. And I had no ambition to be in the army. Um, that just kind of popped up. But I, you know, I've always been somebody who adapts and kind of goes with the flow when I need to, and I'll figure it out along the way. And that's kind of what happened when I uh, was in high school and didn't really make a plan, didn't talk to anybody about it, and then stumbled my way into an army recruiting station. That is so interesting. Uh, you remind me of a friend of mine who he wasn't a professional soccer player, but he didn't have a plan either. And that's, he ended up in the army in the same way. Like he was the last guy that we thought would go that route. Um, and not a guy I would have ever expected, but he's had great success. He still is in the reserves. So I'm curious, how do you stumble into an army recruiting office? Like what was, what was the, the thought process or the, the space behind that? Um, well, at the time, uh, I, ha I hadn't planned anything after high school and the army was not on my list. No military place was really. I mean, in all honesty, it was 2004 and we were still, we were really hot in the war. We had gone into Afghanistan. 
uh, after 9-11 and then we were early on in Iraq and so things were very very violent and hot in the both air locations so there was really I mean I didn't understand all of it I was 17 years old and um, at the time I didn't really make the plans like I mentioned but then my my uh, my mom's husband at the time he was not my father so my stepfather but he was Basically, uh, he was from the Air Force. He spent time in the Air Force and he was like, hey, maybe you should go check out like, you know, some military stuff. And so I went into the Army recruiting station and I had heard about like Army Rangers, um, one of the special operations groups within the Army. And I thought you could just go in, ask for it, get it in a contract and then like somehow magically just made it there. I didn't realize it's inc it was incredibly arduous to even get there. And the whole time along the way, they're trying to make you quit. So you don't make it there because they only want the top dudes. Um, so I didn't have any concept of that really. So I stumbled my way in just by listening to him. And then really, um, not that I put too much value into what he said, but I was like, Oh, whatever. Like I didn't make any plans for college. I hadn't I didn't even know how to go get financed for college. And I didn't talk to anybody about it. And I don't remember my mom or anybody really talking to me about it. So, and I was kind of the middle child. So it's kind of like left flapping in the wind. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's how you end up in an army <laughs> recruiting station. And then you end up talking to them about, uh, going and then they, um, get you signed up. Um, it's, it's interesting because you don't actually really sign up at the army recruiting station. You actually sign up when you go through the medical and processing, but they got me far enough to where I went to the medical in processing and then I signed a contract. So. Gotcha. I just asked that question because it's interesting uh, when you say, and I know you're not the only person who has found yourself there suddenly, but that's a huge decision. Like that's a, that's a, you're putting yourself out there in a big, big way. Um, and when you don't have a, you know, you just kind of find yourself there. I'm like, well, how do you actually find yourself in that kind of decision? Cause it literally is, could be a life or death type of decision, right? Like it's, it's, it's a pretty big deal. Yeah. I mean, I think when you're older, there's a lot more of that um, seriousness to it. But when I was just seriously, I was 17 years old. When you're 17, 18, 19, you don't really understand the consequences of that decision or or you don't really understand the um, the impact of that decision because all you're thinking about is, oh, you know, it's like four years that you sign up to. Usually a base enlistment is like four years. So you do like four years in there and it's like, oh, I'll still be like 21 by the time I'm out 22. So you don't really see it as like a huge thing when you're thinking about that. But when you also don't conceptualize what a war really is, you don't really have anything like saying, oh, man, this is really dangerous. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, my gosh. OK, uh, so how did you get to where you are now? Because now you're coaching and you're leading men and, uh, you take them on badass trips. Like I've seen your Instagram stories and it's awesome, but what were you doing before that? And what led you into what you're doing now? Yeah, I, uh, so after the military, I went for working for a private company where I protected the U S ambassador to Iraq. Like you already mentioned, I did that for about five years. And when I finally had spent about 10 years in and out of the middle East between the military and protection, I was like, man, I'm 28 years old. I, I'm, I'm like really tired of being going to the sandbox all the time. I had been in and out of the sandbox for a decade. 
Um, I hadn't really experienced like a young life in the United States, the country I was like fighting for. So I was like, you know, I'd really like to go back and enjoy the freedoms of our country and really just enjoy being there full time. So I finally found a job working for the State Department and I came back full time. It was a super low paying entry level job for the State Department, but I was like, whatever, I'll just freaking grit my teeth through it and I'll sit there and just kind of make my way up. Well, it took about six months being back from overseas where all of a sudden it hit me. I was like, dude, Johnny, what are you doing? Like, like, what is your purpose? And then I realized I didn't have any purpose because I was no longer fighting for a flag. I was no longer protecting um, a U.S. politician who was, you know, helping expand democracy around the world and create, you know, kind of peace in places that weren't peaceful. So I had no other mission anymore. And I was like, holy crap. I was just like a cog in the wheel. I was going to work every day. I was logging in. I was sitting at a desk doing the monotonous thing that, you know, most of us get in the habits of doing. And I was just living for the weekend. And what I mean, living for the weekend, it was like living to get drunk or living to freaking have bourbon on my back deck and smoke a pork butt shoulder, you know, on my grill. Like, it wasn't anything cool. And I was like, dude, this is miserable. I was like, why am I doing this? Well, that toxicity really led itself into having kind of a bad relationship with my wife at the time, who, and that turned into having a divorce, which was just stacking up these chips against me saying, hey, man, like you're spinning out of control. You're getting lost. You don't even know what the heck you're doing. And then I found myself just really kind of fighting my own psyche all the time. And I was like, dude, why am I struggling? I was an elite soldier. I was a tactical commander for the U.S. ambassador's protective detail. Like I was all these things. Why am I struggling right now? And as I started to realize that I was having a hard time with all this stuff, I started to get into a relationship with a friend of mine. And she was like, hey, read this book. And I was like, I'm not going to read that book. You know, who, who's anybody in this book to tell me like what it's like to, to be a healthy human, right? So I'd, I'd throw the books down. I wouldn't read them. And then she'd be like, hey, listen to this podcast. And I was like, I'm not going to listen to this podcast. Who's this guy to tell me anything, right? Like I had a big chip on my shoulder. Well, one day when I was kind of going through that and I had started doing bodybuilding, bodybuilding was kind of like my first step out of this mindset because it gave me a goal. It gave me a purpose for, for a few months, right? I had a goal to be on stage to win and it gave me this, this purpose. So I needed that. Um, but while I was kind of going through that, I, I realized I was like, holy crap, if I'm not picking up these books and I'm not listening to these podcasts, there are so many of my brothers out there who are doing the exact same thing because they have a big chip on their shoulder because they have an ego because their masculinity tells them they can't listen to this stuff because that makes them emasculated. I was like, holy crap, if I'm doing this, they're doing that. And I was like, oh man. So I picked up the first book that uh, Taylor, my wife now had given me and it was, um, it was Excuses Be Gone by Dr. Wayne Dyer. And it was absolutely amazing. The way he writes is like a, anybody that anybody of your community that hasn't read his books, just do yourself a favor and read them because <laughs> he has this really, really beautiful way of intellectually punching you right in the stomach. And so um, I really enjoyed it, but it, it also called me out. It called me out for all the excuses I was making about not wanting to listen to other people who 
yeah, like they may not have done stuff that I'd done since I was 17, 18 years old, but they still had great things to pass along, great tools and techniques to help you gain control of your own mind. So then you could go out and conquer your day and conquer your life and really give yourself a purpose and a mission. And so when I started doing that, I started to listen to some of the podcasts that you, I'm sure, I think you listen to as well or have in the past, but like Lewis Howes, um, wellness radio, which is, or uh, wellness force now, which is Josh Trent and a few other, other people who just had some really good stuff out there. And I was like, Oh wow, this is, this is awesome. So when I made that connection that other men weren't listening, I was like, well, let me use my background because if I can get a guy to listen to me for five minutes, I can sell them on why they need to start thinking about themselves and putting time into who they are. And I can give them some of these tools and techniques that I was running away from that really may help them to become better husbands, better fathers, better friends, you know, better colleagues. It can help them just excel in their life. So let me just use my background that most men can respect so I can get these guys who are running away from this. Let me use my background. So they're like, okay, I respect him enough to listen to what he has to say. Let me give him a shot. And that's really where it all started. And then from there, it's now turned into courses that I've developed for guys. It's turned into the wild man experience that you mentioned. It's turned into, you know, one-on-one -on -one coaching. It's turned into the podcast. It's turned into so many different things that now all I want to do is just be out there helping guys, helping them find this, this life that they deserve where they're truly happy and they're truly showing up in their most authentic way. Yeah. And I love that mission. And I think it's so important. And I know like I'm thinking about all of the women who listen to my podcast, who are obviously in this space because they're listening to this, this episode right now and all of the things that come out and they may have the husband who has that same mentality that you did. They don't necessarily have to have all the same background, but the mentality behind it and finding that they're not satisfied or happy in their life. This happened with my own husband and it came, and it's, we've had periods of it and where he would go and do a little work and then he'd stop. But then, you know, you, you find yourself like unhappy and you, maybe you're more angry, maybe things come up. So what do you say to those wives or those women who have these men in their, in their lives? Like, well, how do I, how do I get him to listen? Cause I'm sure did Taylor try to get you to listen? Like Johnny here, do that. <laughs> like, you know, and I tried to do that and I learned I had to back off a little bit. Yeah. It's, it's a really good question. And it's a, it's a big struggle for women because women are more open to jumping into self-development. Women are, are more open into saying, okay, let me, let me kind of change some of these things about myself that are holding me back or causing me a lot of pain and anxiety in my life. Whereas men, we're, we're stubborn, man. We're like, kind of like, you know, my wife and I have a pig. We have a pot belly pig and she's incredibly stubborn. She's stubborn to teach. And so she's incredibly intelligent, but she is so stubborn. And men, in a lot of ways, we're like that. We are so stubborn. We have to come to our own agreement in our own mind before we take the steps. We can't have you guys tell us what we need to do because all of a sudden it feels like we're being parented. Right. And, and nobody likes to be parented when they're an adult, especially men, when we're sitting there and we're supposed to be looked at, you know, quote unquote, as the breadwinners, as the protectors, as all this stuff. The last thing we want to do is be parented by our, our spouse. And so what I tell women a lot of times is my wife at the time when we were dating, she was just she was very smart about it. And um, she basically did what I like to call psychological warfare. 
And what she would do is like, if I was, you know, cause I'm the cook. So I'd be like cooking in the kitchen or something. She would throw on a podcast of like Lewis house. Right. And, and I wouldn't mind because I'm in the middle of doing something. So I'm like half listening, half, you know, half focusing on what I'm doing, but I would hear enough that I was, I'd be like, Oh, that's, that's actually really good. Holy crap. So she would do that enough times where all of a sudden I was listening to the podcast when she wasn't around. Or I was finding a podcast that I wanted to listen to while she wasn't around. And then all of a sudden, I was following some of these people on Instagram myself. And then all of a sudden, I was picking up a book that she didn't hand me. So it was one thing after another. But the two things that you have to do is, number one, be patient with men. Men will come around, especially when when they love you and they see that you're growing, they don't want to be left back. They do want to be along for the ride. So they're going to end up coming around. Um, and number two is to just continually like toss them stuff without expectation. You know, don't, don't expect that they're going to read that book tomorrow. Maybe they'll read it in a month or two months. Right. Um, maybe the other thing is, is like show them, what you want them to do, right? So if you're saying out in the morning, right? And you're reading your book and I see you reading a book, eventually I'm going to be like, oh yeah, she's not putting on the TV. She's reading the book. Oh man, I, I probably need to start doing that habit. Like maybe that's really good. And then all of a sudden you start talking to me about the book, right? Like these are all things where we can psychologically kind of program our spouse in a very, very nice and loving way where they subconsciously will start to come along for the ride. And then they'll start to make those decisions themselves. All of a sudden he's going to walk out and be like, Hey, what's a, what's a good book to read? I, I really want to start reading. I see you reading all the time. And those are the things that like, that's when that patience ends up rewarding us. So taking that time and just showing them and then the other thing, the last thing I love to tell women is, again, it's very similar to my pig. Any guys that are out there getting offended by this, uh, uh, it's, it's really funny because we are like potbelly pigs, dude. I, I'm just telling you. They, they literally, they're so smart, but they're very stubborn and they're very reward driven. So you can't like punish them. So my our pig Lucy, you can't punish her. You have to give her a reward of something you, you have to show her what you want her to do and then give her a reward and she'll remember that. Well, with men do the same thing. Like if my wife, if I'm sitting down doing something and my wife is like, wow, that was really, really sexy today. When I was watching you read, like that was really hot. Guess what women, us <laughs> men, we want to be loved too. We truly want to be loved. Yeah. So when our spouse is telling us that they're attracted to something we're doing, guess what the end result of that is? We're probably going to do that same thing again because we want you to be attracted to us. We want you to feel love for us. We want to feel loved, right? So using language like that, that was really hot. That was really sexy. Oh my God. Like it really turned me on to watch you do that or to see you stepping in your power and like teaching that guy something, right? You know, whatever it is, but using that language to help them, that positive reinforcement to show that you guys are number one, seeing them, but also are really giving them a value for what they're doing and giving them that positive response. He's going to continue to do those things. And again, that's how you bring him along for the ride.
Yeah, I, those are all so, so important and they work because this is eventually how I had my husband all of a sudden coming to me saying, oh, did you listen to Chris Harder's podcast today? No, but he did, you know, like things like that. But that last piece is like really, I think not necessarily more important than the rest of them, but we forget that, you know, because you guys tend to show up when you're not in the work, tend to show up with that toughness and roughness. And we're, you know, we don't, we don't feel things necessarily. We forget you there's, there's little boys in there. There's, there's men in there who just want to be loved just as much as we women do. Yep, absolutely. And, and guys, like sometimes even more so because we don't, we don't, we're told that at a certain age, we're not supposed to want that. And if we want it, we're supposed to hide it. Right. Yeah. And so the only way that the only way that people think men want to be loved is through physical, you know, sex. And it's like, no, no, no. Men love to be loved by words. Men love to be loved by touching, by like hugging, by kissing, by holding, by snuggling, like guys love that stuff. So to think that men aren't sitting there and want to have those connections with their, their significant other, like you, we're not playing the game to help, you know, really support men along the way. So just remember, yeah, men want those things. So if you show up and give those to them, they will follow. Yeah. Yeah. I love, I'm so glad that you shared that. I mean, from, even for me, even through like I, the quote unquote, more personal development work that I did, before my husband did. And, he, and then he came along, like, I didn't learn that until the last couple of years because we stepped into that space and, you know, but it's just not out there very much. So I love that you shared that, that message. And you talk about that message. Mm-hmm, absolutely. I mean, yeah. it, it works on, it works on me and it works on almost every man that I know. So like, just, just be a partner in that and start to do those things and, and support them. And they'll, they definitely will follow. They definitely will start to come on board and it's a great technique to show, to show love. Yeah. What are you finding with the men who are coming with you, coming to you for support and help? What, where are they at? Like, what are some of their struggles they're going through and what, is, and what has been like the greatest shifts for them? Well, a lot of men today are lost. A lot of men are really struggling with where they're supposed to be in society and with what's okay to show when showing up. And so a lot of those things comes out because the fact that when we were all boys, like now that we're, we're this generation in our, you know, thirties, uh, late twenties and thirties, this generation was brought up by a whole generation of men who were raised by, you know, World War II vets, Vietnam vets, Korean War vets. You know, it was a very, very tougher like culture growing up back then. So men were supposed to be stoic. Men were supposed to be not, you know, quote unquote, don't be a girl, right? Like on, on the playground, you know, that we use terms and, you know, not to offend anybody, but we use terms like you know, fag. Right. And that was like, okay. On, yeah. on the playground. But at the end of the day, it was so demeaning to kids that psychologically it really hurt guys. So whenever that term was used, guys protected themselves and shut down whatever it is that caused them to be called that. Well, in today's society, now it's been an evolution of masculinity where men are being are, are okay to start having real conversations with one another and open up when they're struggling and open up when they have emotions, you know, come up, they're not being shunned anymore, but guys are still super hesitant about it because 
they were told that that was wrong and they were scarred for it, you know, psychologically. So now we're coming along in a time in society where men are very confused. All of us were told that this wasn't okay growing up and now we're being told it's okay. And if we don't do it, it's going to hurt us more. So guys don't really know how to do it because they've never also practiced this. So a lot of what society told us that set us up to be the men that we are today is now telling us that the men that they set us up to be is wrong. And then now we're being penalized for that. Now we're being penalized <laughs> for being the way that we were programmed. Yeah. So, so it's like this, it's this vicious cycle of, of being, you know, of just constant punishment for men. And it's not men's fault. This is just early on in our lives between two and eight years old, we're in what's called theta brainwave. And during that theta brainwave stage, that's completely programmable. That's where hypnosis works. Except when we're two to eight, we don't have a choice to go in and out of it. We're just constantly in it. So we're being programmed from this young, young age on what our masculine blueprint is. And we don't really have a choice in what that looks like until much later in life. But by then, we had already established foundations and expectations and beliefs of ourselves based upon what was given to us. So we're finding that guys are really, really, one, confused about what their role is. And then number two, they're just lost. Most men out there don't even understand that they have a choice in their own purpose. They don't even understand that they have a choice in what every day of their life can look like. They don't understand that they have a choice to actually give themselves something of enjoyment. Like you don't know how many guys I've talked to that I, when I go, Hey, you know, what is it that you like to do? Like, what is it that you give yourself maybe on a weekly or daily, daily basis that just fills up your heart and your soul. And the guy sits there and he goes, Oh, I don't know. I, I haven't, I don't even, I haven't thought of that in, in years. I can't even imagine something that I like. I, I can't even name anything. And you're like, what? Like, you don't know what you like to fill your own cup. That's how much guys are disassociated from themselves. So guys are incredibly lost to even know what fills them back up, let alone what their what what drives them, what their purpose is. They've been taught that, you know, just being showing up and collecting a paycheck so so food can be on the table, so so their kids aren't well and wearing holy clothes so that they can buy their spouses a gift or take them out to dinner. They're taught that that's literally their only purpose. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is why this is why guys are lost. So those are the two main things that I run across consistently with men. And so those are the most impactful things that we have to look at because the first thing to identify is that what you've been following up until this point in life as a man was probably not written by you. It was written for you. And I say probably not written by you because there's some men who have sat down and taken stock and inventory of the belief system that they have of what makes them a good man, man. But most men have never sat down and said, wow, let me, let me take a look at, at the things that I was taught were supposed to be valuable to a man. And then let me really assess what I truly value as a man, because a lot of the unhappiness that we're seeing is what's happening is we're incredibly misaligned with that foundation that was given to us. We are so misaligned with that version of masculinity that we're completely unhappy because we're trying to be a version of a man we don't even care for. 
Mm. How messed up is that? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. So much truth to that. Like so beautifully shared and like listening to you, it just has me like chills and they more excited about what you're doing and you're creating this space and this opportunity for these men and then the community around it, because we know the community, like we shared in the beginning, the community that you're around plays such a vital part in that. And I can only imagine that men who don't, wouldn't have a community like the one you're building, you know, they definitely wouldn't want to step into this work because it's not, we know it's not easy to be alone in this work and unless you have that community. Uh, I'm curious. So what is masculinity for, is it different for every man or is it, what is that, what does that look like? Well, we have to go back to the foundation of masculinity. So people don't even understand this, but what does, what does, what's the definition? Like the Webster dictionary definition of masculinity, right? Most people don't even know what this is. And guess what? Not only do they not know what it is, but when you hear it, you're like, holy crap, that's really ambiguous. It says to something along the lines of basically uh, to present um, to present mass being masculine, like in society. And you're like, wait, I'm sorry. You used part of the word in the definition, which I was always taught you should not do. So I'm like, okay, that gives you nothing. So then you go even further and you go, okay, so what's masculine mean then? So you go and look up masculine in Webster's dictionary. And it says something along the lines of, um, to present traits that are considered or, are um, perceived or something like that as manly. Okay. (laughs) So now we have such an ambiguous definition of masculinity. Let's just take the base value of masculine right now. Okay. Let's take this and say, okay, so what is manly in society? Well, when I go to Alabama and I do something the same thing in Alabama that's considered manly is not going to be considered manly in New York City. And then if I take from New York City and I do something that's considered manly and I go out to Montana, it's not going to be the same thing. So manly (laughs) by itself is subjective and it's not consistent cross culture. It's not even consistent cross regionally in the United States, let alone cross culturally. Now take that American, pick him up, and then go drop him in Italy and say, okay, do something manly. And they're going to be, they're going to laugh at him because what they consider manly is not the same thing what we consider manly. So nothing that is follows masculinity, masculine or manliness. None of it is objectively consistent. It's all subjectively consistent. So that's exactly the only thing that really drives me to tell people masculinity is on your terms Mm. masculinity gets to be the confidence of who you show up as every single day if you're showing up as a man who is confident in his own skin and how he speaks and how he presents himself then that is true authenticity with masculinity because the definition leaves us completely devoid of a true understanding of what masculinity is And so for all of us men, it's just being aligned and happy with who we are, whatever that means to us. And anybody that wants to tell you that, oh, there's, but there's certain principles of masculinity. I just told you the definitions. There aren't. 
And you can't find a consistency of masculinity within even the United States. Now, I can show values of people that say, for instance, have similar upbringings, that they have similar values of what masculinity is. But again, you put them with somebody with a different upbringing and all of a sudden the masculinity changes. And there's none that says one is better than the other. It just says, how are you consistent with who you are and showing up in this world and happy with that person? So for me, that's exactly what masculinity means. And for all guys out there, that's what they're in search of. That's what they need to be in search of is their own authenticity, their own definition. This is why I harp on a masculine blueprint. We need to understand the foundation of where we came from and what we define as our own masculinity. But then we need to make the conscious decision of crossing some of them off and adding in new ones that we really value. So then we can create that aligned masculine blueprint. Oh my gosh. They, uh, like, so much freedom in what you just shared for the, for the men out there. Like I, it doesn't matter what the books say, obviously they're not clear or very helpful, but just that confidence in who you are and authentic to who you are, bam, that's it. We don't have to overcomplicate it. We don't have to make it look like whatever it is, but as, as you know, we don't, men don't understand that. I mean, I could say we, cause women, we don't understand what that looks like in, in feminine side of it, you know, we don't really understand what that actually looks like. So I, I love that. Like, seriously, it was just like, yes, 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 absolutely. Thousand percent. <laughs> <laughs> that could be the whole show. We don't need to talk about anything else Done. No, <laughs> I, love it. I love that so much. So you, you do courses, you do one-on-one coaching and how, how do, uh, what, what is it? Where do you find the most gratification for yourself? Like what really lights you up in the work that you do? I mean, obviously you get light up talking about this because I felt that through the screen. So, but what really lights up you when you do this work with these men? Oh man. Um, I mean, what lights up me is when the light bulb hits for the guy, when he's like, holy crap, I had no clue that not to play victim, but to realize that the cards were really stacked against him. Um, and it was, it, it was like, it's almost like being buried. Uh, and then all of a sudden you dug your way out and all of a sudden you're breathing a little bit and you realize that it was just like, you know, six inches of sand on top. You could have been easily pushed out of the way. You just never thought to get your hand up there and shove some of that to the side. And so for, for a little bit, it's like, you know, for me, it's when that light bulb hits for these guys, when they realize, holy crap, number one. I can breathe again because I don't have to feel like society has this actual set rules that I've been missing. And then number two, they're like, holy shit, now I get to define myself. I get to really define what's going on in my life and how I show up. And I get the opportunity to to be authentic with who I am. So that really lights me up when those light bulbs hit for guys. And A lot of times, you know, it comes out of coaching, which is great. Like it changes guys' lives. I've I've experienced some of these guys who actually they've, they've made the, they've made the um, investment in me. And I've actually known them for years from like the military and stuff. And I knew who they were when they were this unsettled, misaligned, dark kind of guy. I knew who they were then. And then now seeing them after we've worked with them with one another for about like a year 
And the way it's completely changed who they are, how they show up as a parent, how they show up for themselves. They smile more. They talk in positive terms. Like they have good, positive self-talk. That's the stuff that just absolutely lights me up to see those changes. Cause I know that their life is forever changed. Cause now they have the tools, no matter whenever the darkness comes back, whenever the demons resurface, they have the tools to get out of that. And that's all I really care about. Like, I'm not going to sit here and break the mold with any of you guys, but I'm going to give you the tools. So I know that once that light bulb hits, you're always going to be able to go back to those tools and keep your life where you want it to be. That's like that, that to me just makes, that makes everything. Mm, I, I, I totally know what you're saying. And you said, when you said, when it comes back, because we know those things are going to come up in some way or somehow, right? But we have the tools now. You have They have the tools now to use them. And the way you described it, and it's how you show up as a parent, how you show up as this, it's the little, it's the every day, every day, how we show up as people, not necessarily, and big, I mean, big changes happen, obviously, big quantum leaps, but it's in the moments that are right here, right now. Like, how do I show, how did, how did I handle when my kid was throwing a tantrum today? Like those small shift kind of things, those that's where the gold is. That's where it is. And that's what I heard you share right there. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, yesterday is gone and tomorrow is never promised. You seriously have the moments that you're in and you have the present day that you have. You can't look to tomorrow cause you have no clue what's going to happen. And so if you can show up in every moment as somebody that you appreciate, somebody that you value, well, guess what you take out of the equation? You take out a regret, you take out shame, you take out guilt. And what does that leave you with? That leaves you with happiness, with peace, tranquility, with all of these things that allow you to truly, truly embrace your life. And so when we find ourselves in the present and we're happy with how we show up because it's in line with defined values that we've given ourselves, not ones that society has given us, then we're living that life of intent. We're living that life of purpose. We're living that life of passion. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh. Okay. So for somebody who's new to you and they want to work with you, where do you suggest that they start? Yeah, no, thank you. Um, it, I would say just shoot me a message on IG if you just go to johnny.elsasser and that's E-L-S-A-S-S-E-R. Um, shoot me a message on there or you can head over to my website, which is johnnyelsasser.com. Uh, you can see everything that I got going on there from the Savage System to the Dawn of Masculinity, which are courses that I run. Um, and then, you know, you can see the wild man stuff. So everything that I have to offer is there. You can always shoot me an email from there but let me know that you're interested and then we can hop in a conversation. And then if you just want to learn more um, about masculinity, then pop over to my podcast, the art of masculinity after listening to this amazing one and check out some of the guests that we've had and some of the men that have been on there and shared and, and discuss the struggles they've had in life. And you guys can really get a, a different picture of, of what men are going through maybe. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I highly suggest you do that. And ladies, you know, just, you know, I don't know, shoot a link to your, to your guys of Johnny's podcast. Just like, Hey, I listened to this podcast. It was awesome. Maybe, you know, be very casual about it and they'll be a little more receptive about it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's really funny. Cause uh, uh, a lot of women will reach out to my wife and just be like, 
Hey, your, your husband's podcast is like literally the only podcast my husband will listen to. So it's like really cool because that's doing exactly what I, I hoped and intended it to do, which is to capture those guys, but it gives them an ability to start down this path, whatever that means for them. You know, even if they don't work with me, it at least gives them a, a, a start to say, Oh, this is opening the door for the conversation. Maybe he has better conversations with his wife. Maybe he has better conversations with himself, you know? So yeah, just starting them. Yeah, absolutely. And I just want to say, Johnny, like, I appreciate you coming, sharing your light, your message here. You're one of you and your wife, both. I love both of you. And you are one of the true ones. You're one of the real ones out there who are authentic in the work that you do. And it shows that you care that you actually give a shit about the people who are out there. And, um, that's, you know, that, well, that's not always the case, but it's felt. And so just know that's coming through. And I wanted to give you that gift of just letting, you know, like, I appreciate that about you, um, and Taylor, but, uh, you for sure. Oh, thank you so much. I truly appreciate that. That means a lot to me. And you'll be, you'll be on my, uh, gratitude journal for today. Somebody who gave me something. So I always do that. And you just gave me a, a huge compliment. That means a lot to me. Oh, absolutely. You're welcome. Is there anything else left on your heart you want to share before we go? You know, uh, always, there's always things left on my heart because I think there's so many things that are unsaid, but, um, ultimately just to, to give every guy out there the awareness that they're not alone in their struggles and they're also not alone in their accomplishments. You know, mm -hmm. people want to celebrate with you. So allow, allow your loved ones to be part of that journey when you accomplish something and give yourself the ability to congratulate yourself when you do accomplish something cool, when you do something really good, when you land a client or you complete a task, just give yourself some positive recognition for it. Cause we're really bad at doing that. Especially us men, we are our greatest critics and our worst supporters. So just make sure that you're giving yourself that positivity and then just know in the hard times, the dark times, you're not alone. So many men out there are in those struggles and they're just staying quiet about it. That's why you don't know. But if we start talking about that more with our brothers and we start talking about that more with our spouses, we are able to really shed a lot of that weight and live this life in happiness and realize that we can make it through that struggle a lot easier when we allow people to be part of it with us and support us. So yeah. Mm, I love that. That is a big, big reason why I do this podcast. I think at, at the end of the day, because the more we share, the more we talk about it, the more we open up and share our stories it's to know you're not alone. And there's such freedom when you, when that, that veil is lifted, knowing there's others out there who are experiencing what you are. So, oh my gosh, sisters, I know you loved this. So you know what to do. And I am just so excited about this episode and so grateful again to you, Johnny. Thank you so much, sisters. Go get your happy, purposeful, and free. Thank you so much for listening. And if you loved this episode and know of someone else who has a powerful story and are doing big things, please pass them on to me. It would mean the world to me if you helped me get this message out to as many listeners as I can. So please, if you liked what you heard, it goes a long way to take 60 seconds, leave me a five-star review, and share this episode with a girlfriend. Don't forget to tag me on social media, and if that's not your thing, shoot me a DM because I would like to personally thank you for doing so. We are not meant to do this life alone, and I'm so grateful to be on this journey with you. Until next time.